Welcome to To Every Generation, the broadcast ministry of Calvary Chapel Crossfields, located in Jamesburg, New Jersey, where we teach through the entire Bible, verse by verse, and make application to every generation so we can grow in our relationship with God. Well, you know, uh, as a teacher and a coach of 44 years, for decades, uh, this was March Madness last month, of course, and last night should have been the final four in the college basketball NCAA tournament. But as we know, everything is put on hold, even our normal lives. And tomorrow night is supposed to be the finals. So for the first time since it ever started, since I've been born, there's going to be no March Madness in the basketball world. But that hasn't stopped this world from going mad. Last month, we all were confronted with all this virus and the impact on not only our lives, but on our work lives, our church lives. Um, it is a crazy time. So now we go from March madness to this Corona madness. You know, it has stopped everything. It has stopped Major League Baseball, it stopped high school baseball and sports and tennis, everything that's going on now, even NHL hockey and NBA basketball. And a week ago was the Elite Eight, if you're a basketball fan. And by the way, I'm trying to reach all ages today. So little kids hang in there because I got something for you too coming up. So we're trying to touch all the bases today. So last week would have been the Elite Eight. But now here's our Elite Eight. We're worried about all this other stuff. Schools are closed and you got to worry about toilet paper and ventilators, politics, your job. Uh, No crowds bigger than 10. Maybe your investments like your 401k and of course... COVID-19. And these two dudes are missing sports, but how many things are we missing? But now I want to ask you something. How many things are we gaining as a result of this COVID-19? And we'll look at that a little bit. You know, we have these hot spots throughout our country. I know New Jersey was added to this list. And even the fashion industry is uh, changing with the COVID-19. They're adapting to it. But of course, the impact is felt all over the place. It's felt economically. We have the physical health impact. We have the mental impact. Of course, we have the educational impact where all our kids now are doing homeschooling. And we even have the social impact with that social distancing. Everything is spread out. And of course, we have the political impact. We have the global impact. And I think probably the most important thing is the spiritual impact. What is the spiritual impact? You know, we've heard it from Pastor Joe this morning in announcements. The word fear Worry, stress, very real emotions, definitely, no doubt about it. The uh, unknown of what the future is going to bring. Well, this is where our hearts are checked. 
This is where our spirits are checked. You know, God's word says that perfect love cast out all fear. Now, there's a lot of definitions of love. There's a lot of love. But the love that the scripture talks about, it says that God is love. When we know and have a relationship with the real God, that's a perfect love. And that perfect love relationship cast out fear. There definitely is a spiritual impact, you know, besides other things. And we'll look at that in a little bit. Some of the good things that I've seen, I see families walking together. Dads and their kids playing or moms and their kids playing out in the yard. I see more biking going on, people walking together as families. I see priorities probably checked and reorganized. I know my wife is a phys ed teacher, and I know my brother-in-law, Joey Napo, he's a phys ed teacher, and now he's teaching history. And they have to do online with their students. And some of my wife's students are sending in P videos. And it's real cute of the kids. And these are kindergarten to fourth graders, just what they're doing, their, their imagination, just things that they are creating. And the parents getting involved and filming the videos and just things that normally would not be taking place that are good things. I'm sure people are writing books, writing songs. And then there's a flip side where there's an increase of alcohol and substance abuse. Uh, pornography. So there's the seedy side of what people are doing as a result of this. But I think God is trying to get all of our attention because he loves the whole world. We know it as believers in Jesus Christ, how much he loves us. We're always finding out that love, aren't we? But I think he's trying to reach everyone, everywhere. Romans 8, 28 says, for all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. I think that's right in there. You can put COVID-19. Although God did not create this, he's definitely allowing it. He's getting our attention. He wants our attention. Are we listening? And hopefully that is a yes from you. Who are listening. I know there's people listening today that normally don't even go to church. We welcome you. We thank you for tuning in today. The next slide here is this is a picture of what was going on. Probably should have been going on a few weeks ago. It's the ACC tournament down south. But I took the ACC and just wanted to let all of you know that the, the letters today for the acronym is attention. Christ cares. He cares intimately for you. He cares intimately for me. He's trying to get our attention through this time. And isn't it interesting? I know for me, and I'm sure I can speak for all of you, there's never been anything that has gotten the world's attention during our lifetime 
as this virus. The whole world is put on stop and hold. Isn't that interesting? The whole world. But yet God, through this, is reaching out to the whole world. Today we celebrate Palm Sunday, the day that Jesus Christ rode into Jerusalem. We're going to look at that. And I would like you to open up your Bibles or just listen, if you don't have a Bible in front of you, to John chapter 12. John chapter 12. And we're going to start with verse 1. And I'm going to read to verse 19. And I'll be stopping to point out a couple things as we go through. So verse 1 of John chapter 12. Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus, was who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. Now, Passover here in our world is begins this Wednesday where the Jewish people will celebrate the Passover. But we as believers in Jesus Christ celebrate it, too. Matter of fact, when we have communion later, that was part of the Seder meal back. We know it as the Last Supper, but it was a Seder meal. It was a Passover meal. Now, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was. Isn't it cool that this is a guy that was a friend of Jesus who Jesus raised from the dead? Imagine that, somebody being raised from the dead, and now you're sitting down with your family celebrating the Passover meal with the actual Lamb of God who raised you from the dead. That's pretty, that's pretty awesome. Verse two, then they made him a supper and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. And Martha was a busy one. She was always busy. She was always cleaning. You might be like that, especially during this time, cleaning your house, finding extra time to do things. But it's very important Just as Martha was told, take time to sit at the feet of Jesus. Just that one-on-one interaction with him is so crucial. As Pastor Joe said, we have our pastor, Paul, does coffee with Jesus each morning. And then later on, you have Pastor Joe with his animal friends. And then I do something later on in the night, but I have no idea what I'm going to do on any given day. But you know you're going to get at least some scripture in there. So we try to cover the bases there. But notice in verse 2, Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Jesus just wants to sit at the table with you. He wants to commune with you. He wants to communicate with you. Verse 3, then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. You might have already found during this time of isolation that you've had some very sweet and fragrant times with your family and hopefully with your God. 
Verse 4, but one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, says, why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box and he used to take what was put in it. But Jesus said, let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you have with you always, but me you do not have always. Jesus always knows what's coming ahead of what we know. He knows what's coming in the future. He has it all planned out. It's part of his story. Men and women make up history and the history books. But remember, it's all guided and dictated by the Lord himself. It really is his story. Verse 9, now a great many of the Jews knew that he was there and they came, not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might also see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. You know, there was curiosity seekers. Just like today, I'm a curiosity seeker. If something's going on and I don't know what's happening, it'll get my attention. Well, it wasn't any difference back with Jesus. They heard that Jesus was healing blind people, making the cripples walk, raising the dead. And then they got two for one if they came to the house that day. They could see Jesus, the healer, and they could also see Lazarus who was raised from the dead. That's an amazing thing. And you can imagine just as humans, the interest And the attention that this brought. Verse 10. But the chief priest plotted to put Lazarus to death also. Now there's always those, in this case the chief priest, that didn't like all the attention being taken from their control and put on this guy named Jesus. Boy, we have it today, don't we? Everybody trying to take attention away from Jesus and what he did. But you know, no matter what they try, it doesn't matter. Jesus cannot be stopped by any man, woman, child, teenager, philosophy, virus. Nothing stops Jesus. Nothing. Verse 11, because on account of him, many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. So they wanted to knock Lazarus off too. Any evidence, any evidence of God working in the life of people, these priests, these religious leaders wanted to stop. Well, on verse 12, the next day, a great multitude that had come to the feast when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him and cried out, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Then Jesus, when he had found a young donkey, sat on it as it is written. Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. Imagine this donkey just was tied up. Really didn't know what he was going to be used for. I don't really know what donkeys think. But he was used by the Lord. And notice also there, Jesus sent 
two disciples to get this donkey. In all the accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that speak about Palm Sunday, this entrance into Jerusalem, there's no account of who these two disciples were. We don't even know the donkey's name. Are you willing to be used by God even if people don't know your name? Because these two disciples and this donkey was, and we're still reading about them, aren't we? We're still hearing about them. They were still used to bring Jesus to the people. Do you know he wants to use you to bring Jesus to people? Because there's people that you come in contact with that none of us do. Maybe some of those very people you've come in contact with have visited this church or maybe they're on live stream right now. So we see in verse 14 that Jesus sits on the donkey and he says, or it says here in John, fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. And we'll look at this a little more, but notice the king. Jesus, when he rides into Jerusalem, is declaring himself as king. Make no mistake about it. Is he the king of your life today? He is trying to get your attention. He does want to become your king. What will it take for him to get your attention? You know, some people are going to hear the message that comes from the scriptures throughout their lifetime. And there's so many things in the Bible, if you're not one who's ever been exposed to the Bible, of things that are going to take place, a lot of things are taking place now. I know Pastor Joe is going through the book of Revelation, and I highly recommend that you tune in on Sundays, most Sundays, where he's taken us through. And we just started the book of Revelation. An appropriate time, isn't it, with everything that's going on? People are wondering. People are questioning. People want to hear. And believe me, God wants you to know. The book of Revelation is not a hard book, like many people say. You just have to study it. So join us, too, in the, in the study of the book of Revelation. Verse 16. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things were written about him and that they had done these things to him. This Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, has an account of everything that Jesus wants you and me to know. And we can look at it in the year 2020. We can look back at a lot of things that took place biblically, historically, archaeologically, personally. And there's other things in this scripture that haven't taken place yet. You know, about a third of the Bible is prophecy. They break it down to almost one out of every four verses is prophecy. And we're seeing that right here, not only fulfilled in verse 15, but notice that even the guys and girls who hung with Jesus didn't really understand. 
But you know what? As you study the scriptures, God, through his Holy Spirit, reveals things to you. It's pretty awesome. Verse 17, therefore, the people who were with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead bore witness. So there were people who knew and saw what Jesus did with Lazarus. And now this same Jesus is fulfilling a prophecy that talks about a Messiah that's going to ride into Jerusalem one day on a cult. which is a young donkey, never ridden on before. Verse 18, for this reason, the people also met him because they heard that he'd done this sign. So you had those people that were following Jesus. You might be in that category today. You follow Jesus. But then there were people that were curious. You might be in that category today. All because... Of maybe this virus. You're questioning your mortality right now. A lot of times people tune in when there's a wedding or a funeral. They listen. Today, God wants you to hear. He wants you to receive. Now notice in verse 19, it says, The Pharisees therefore said among themselves, you see that you are accomplishing nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. People of the world will always go after Jesus, no matter who is trying to stop them. God is calling everyone into a relationship with him. Do we have a video that we can show, guys? Of the Palm Sunday? No. Okay. All right. So I'll just continue. And again, I apologize for any uh, confusion with the um, videos today. But we have God's word and that's all we need. Amen. Since the start of mankind, God has interacted with us. He has been attempting to commune with us to have a relationship with us. Genesis, the first book of the Bible, to Revelation, the 66th book of the Bible, is an account of that attempt. Most women, men, young adults, and teens, through their free will, have chosen not to have or pursue that relationship with God. It usually started when they were little kids and were trained to do their own thing. But God in his love reaches out to us through his law, through the prophets. But you know, in these last days, he's reaching out to you and me through his son, Jesus Christ. The cross of Christ bridges the gap between the human race and God to any individual who repents and trusts in the sacrifice of God and his son, death on the cross for the payment of their sins. Religion is the human's attempt to reach out to God. That's happened since the beginning of man. 
and is still happening. Christianity is so much different because it is God reaching down to the human race. He's the only one that can bridge that gap. And he did it through the cross. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Now, in Zechariah 9.9, was the quote of the scripture in verse 15 of John 12. Notice that it was a borrowed donkey's colt. It had never been ridden before. No one ever, ever sat on it. And it was loosed. It was tied up. You know, you might be here today watching or listening and you feel tied up. You feel strapped to maybe this virus, maybe to your worry, maybe to stress. Whatever's going on, God knows. I don't know, but God does. And he wants to loose you. He wants to loose you from the worry, the fear, the stress, the anxiety. He wants you to place all your care and your worry upon him because he cares for you. He loves you. Now, you may, maybe never did that before. And like this cult, you were never ridden. Well, God wants to ride with you. He wants to have that relationship with you. You know, Jesus' purpose in riding into Jerusalem was to make public his claim to be their Messiah and King. He wanted no doubt about who he was. And throughout his ministry, he always told the people he healed and even his own apostles, you know, don't say anything right now. Well, not this day. This day we celebrate today. It sets off the Passion Week. And boy, what a passion Jesus Christ has for you and for me. Think of your passion that maybe was stopped in the last month. Think of the thing where your heart was really in tune with that maybe has stopped right now. Jesus wants to be your passion. Jesus wants to be your heartbeat. Jesus fulfilled much of Old Testament prophecy through his riding into Jerusalem, but also through his life and through his birth and, of course, through his death, which was only about six days from the time that Jesus rode into Jerusalem. Jesus is riding into the capital city on a donkey, it's wild, about 300 years previous to this, Alexander the Great rode into Jerusalem. He was going to conquer it. He was on a horse with all his army and all the kings and their armies that joined forces with him. But because of a miracle of God, you got to check this out. God in a dream showed Alexander the Great something. And a miracle took place in that invasion of Jerusalem. That he spared the city. 
one day, Jesus will not come into Jerusalem on a donkey. He'll be coming on a white horse from the very throne room of heaven itself. Jesus, when he came into the city, he didn't go to the government palace. He didn't. It wasn't his time to do that yet. He wasn't a political conqueror. What he did do, though, is he rode to the temple. Because it was all about his spiritual kingdom when he rode into that city. He did receive the worship and the praise of the people. The spreading of the cloaks on the ground, the spreading of the cloaks on the donkey, the palm branches being waved were all symbols that people would pay homage to royalty. Jesus was opening, declaring to the people on Palm Sunday that he was their king and the Messiah that they had been waiting for. Unfortunately, they didn't recognize him as their savior of sin while he was on this earth. You see, they wanted a messianic deliverer, someone who would lead them in a revolt against Rome. There were many, though they didn't believe in Christ as Savior, hoped that perhaps he would be to them a great earthly deliverer from the bondages of the Roman Empire. To them, he failed in their expectations when he refused to lead them in a massive revolt against Rome. You know what happened? The crowds quickly turned on them, on Jesus, just like they do today. They flip-flop. Within just a few days, those hosannas and those praises would change to cries of crucify him, crucify him. Those who hailed him as a hero would soon reject and abandon him. But this triumphal entry that day that we celebrate today on Palm Sunday is a story of a king who came as a lowly servant on a donkey, not a white horse. Not in royal robes, but on the clothes of the poor and the humble. Jesus Christ did not come to conquer by force as earthly kings, but he conquers by love, grace, mercy, and through his own sacrifice to the people or for the people. If Jesus has made a triumphal entry into your heart, he reigns there in peace and love. If you haven't received him as your Lord, your Savior, your King, he wants to do that today. And as you grow in that relationship with Christ, you'll start exhibiting some of those very same qualities that Jesus displayed during his time on this earth. And the world will see in you and through you 
the true king, living and reigning and triumphing in us. Pastor Joe says something before, we're going to get through this. Yes, there are people dying, but you know what? Friends of ours lost their son just a few days ago in a car accident. I don't even think he was 40 years old yet. The virus didn't kill him. People are still going to go on and have heart attacks or terminal illnesses, right? See, the key is when that time comes, whatever it is, are you ready? That is a huge, the most important question you can ask yourself today. You see, many of us know no matter what happens on this earth, we're going to be in the presence of Jesus one day. When we're absent from this body, we're going to be present with the Lord. You know, Jesus was in Jerusalem many times for the various feasts. He came this time as a humble king of peace riding into a city whose name means city of peace. But there was no peace there. There was craziness there. There was madness there. Riding a donkey symbolized arriving, arriving in peace rather than arriving as a conquering king. One of the prophecies that still has to be fulfilled is Jesus is coming back on that horse as a conquering king. I was thinking of Palm Sunday and, you know, the branches and all that, but I was thinking of this scripture in Isaiah 49, 15 and 16. It says, I will not forget you. Behold, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. You know, when Jesus died on the cross, he was dying for the whole world. You know, we know that scripture, John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting light. So it's anyone. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. If you understand that you are a sinner, that you've done things that are wrong, that you have to one day pay the price for your sins, just like if you committed a crime on this planet, God is going to hold you accountable. But the good news is this. You don't have to be held accountable anymore for no matter what you've done in your life because of what Jesus did when he went to the cross during this Passion Week that we celebrate today. You know, next week will be Good Friday, and then, of course, next Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. For many of you, you know it as Easter Sunday. But Jesus loves you so much that he died on the cross for you. Are you inscribed on his hands? You know, there's a book of life the Bible talks about that anybody who received Christ, his name is written in the book of life. But not everybody's name is written in that book. God wants your name to be written in that book. You need to receive him, to have fellowship with him, to commune with him. You've been listening to To Every Generation from Calvary Chapel Crossfield. We're located at 15 Half Acre Road in Jamesburg, New Jersey. 
We meet for Bible study Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. and Sunday service begins at 10.30 a.m. On Sundays we have children's church for all ages in addition to infant and nursery care. You can find out more about the ministry here at Calvary Chapel Crossfields by going to cccrossfields.org. Thanks for listening and may God bless you.